You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. So go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. And we are back here. It is Taco Tuesday here on Locked on Ravens. And unfortunately, Spencer Schultz is not with us today. This whole week has just been crazy. All of last week has been crazy. So some scheduling conflicts have come into effect over the last couple weeks with a bunch of our usual guests here on the show. But hopefully as things return to normalcy, we'll be able to get some of those guys back. Cole Jackson will be joining us tomorrow. But honestly, there's no time for a mailbag because we're going to do our big game preview tomorrow as the news of yesterday is that the Ravens and Steelers will be playing tomorrow on Wednesday at 3.40 Eastern Time, 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time. And the reason for that is because NBC, who has the rights to this game, who will be broadcasting the game, they are going to want to host and broadcast the 88th Rockefeller Christmas Tree Lighting. So that takes place over this game. That takes priority over this game for MVC. So it's just, it's crazy. The Ravens got ousted from primetime by a tree. That's just how 2020 has gone so far. But I do want to give a bit of a coronavirus update. It seems like I'm giving medical updates every day here on Locked On Ravens. But I do want to give medical updates for the coronavirus for Baltimore yesterday because they're are some big developments that happened, not just with scheduling for tomorrow's game, but with future games, as well as guys who are eligible to come off of this coronavirus list. And then in the second segment, I do want to take a bit of a look back on Baltimore's 2020 season so far. I think it's important to do it now because it's important to find out where Baltimore has succeeded, where Baltimore has struggled, who they have beaten, who they have had subpar showings against, and who they have just been flat out dominated by. It seems like such a long time since we last watched Ravens football. It seems like the Ravens lost to Tennessee was over two months ago. So I do want to get into a bit of, all right, what has happened so far for Baltimore during the 2020 season? And then finally, in the final segment, I'm going to do another mini preview because things have changed in this game. Things have changed. And what I mean by that is there are personnel who are going to come back for this game who are eligible to come back for this game and even potentially more as we get into today and Wednesday. So with all that being said, we are going to jump right in here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast where they're waiting for you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at KOSTRIKER34. So with all that being said, let's jump jump right in here and let's start off with the coronavirus updates for the Baltimore Ravens from Monday. And Monday's coronavirus updates were that the Ravens actually are going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Wednesday, 3.40 p.m. Eastern time. We just kind of got into that. But that means other scheduling conflicts were going to occur for Baltimore. Playing a game on Wednesday and then playing a game next Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys. That was a bit of a, okay... That's a little bit dicey if you're an NFL team with practice time, with preparation time, getting guys back in shape. So the whole thing was, okay, 
what do we do with that game? We're going to move it to Tuesday. So Baltimore now plays a Tuesday night game against the Dallas Cowboys at 8.05 Eastern time. And the whole reason this Pittsburgh game was rescheduled to Wednesday in the first place, as opposed to having it be played today, was because of the fact that Ravens players issued some concerns. They aired some concerns about the fact that, look, we haven't practiced in over a week. Conditioning, I don't think it's where they need to be right now in terms of not having practice. They have not had time to prep in person. Look, if the Ravens in their coronavirus cases have subsided and there are none, then again, as I kind of talked about yesterday, I get the NFL wanting to make an example out of Baltimore. They made an example out of Denver on Sunday saying, you're going to play with the people you have. You broke the protocols. You face the consequences. So I get that. But the players also reportedly said stuff like, you know, we want two days of negative coronavirus tests before we get back out there. We want to play, but we don't want to risk our safety doing it. So that's completely understandable. And that I am completely on board for. Look, the Ravens, in all seriousness and unfortunately, they're probably going to lose this game to the Pittsburgh Steelers whenever it is played. Whether that is tomorrow, whether that is at a different time, the Ravens are very, very depleted. They don't have their star quarterback, their number one tight end, their number one wide receiver. They're, they've been decimated by injuries. It, all the cards are just not there for Baltimore right now this week. So if the game is played tomorrow, I'd assume Baltimore loses this game. It's not like Baltimore's trying to run away from that fact, from the fact that, yes, they will be severely undermanned. They will be relying on guys who have never played NFL snaps before. That's not the part that Baltimore's running away from. They're running away from the fact that they don't want to get sick with this virus. They don't want to spread the virus among themselves any more than they have. They don't want to spread this virus to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who there is a chance that if the game is played and there's a guy on the Ravens who has flown under the radar and hasn't had a positive test, all of a sudden there is a risk of transmission to that other team, to Pittsburgh. So uh, the stuff about like, oh, Harbaugh playing this and the Ravens are getting whatever they want from the NFL, it's it's ridiculous in my opinion. And I think a lot of the people saying it are Steelers fans, Steelers players, Steelers analysts. And like, look, the Steelers have received the short end of the stick in this situation multiple times throughout the season, throughout this week. First with Tennessee, now with Baltimore. They shouldn't have had their schedule impacted by this. But unfortunately, the way 2020 goes... That's what's been happening, and this is a year where everybody has had to adapt, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have had to do that, I think, more than they would have liked, and it's annoying, it's frustrating, and I get that, but, you know, the accusations of, okay, the NFL is doing whatever Baltimore wants, whatever Baltimore wants is probably moving this game back to Week 18, and the NFL has done everything in its power to make sure this game is played in week 12 when it's supposed to be played. So again, if Baltimore's coronavirus cases are done with, they're through, there's no risk of transmission, anything like that, I'm fine with them playing this football game. It's not going to be a pretty football game, I don't think, but you know, that that's the way 2020 has gone. And the Ravens, Steve Saunders, the head strength and conditioning coach, did break the protocol, did really bad things by not saying that he had symptoms, by not wearing masks, by not taking it seriously, it seems like. And the Ravens are going to have to pay the consequences for that. Now, some of the quote-unquote good news for Baltimore is the Ravens were able to reinstate DJ Fluker, Jalen Ferguson, and Broderick Washington, as well as Iman Marshall, who is currently on IR. But the three of Ferguson, Fluker, and Washington will be eligible to play in the game against Pittsburgh. That gives the Ravens some needed offensive tackle depth. It gives the Ravens some needed defensive line depth. And it gives the Ravens another guy off the edge when they don't currently have Pernell McPhee, Matthew Judon, or Jihad Ward. So that's really important. But also, the big factor is that for the Ravens, 
J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, because the game was moved to Wednesday, those two players will be eligible to play in this Pittsburgh Steelers game, assuming they have negative tests and they do not test positive for the coronavirus leading up to the game, because they were placed on the list last Monday. Wednesday marks their 10th day out of the 10 days they need to be on the coronavirus list, and if they, if all is good to go with them, if they are in good health, which I'm really hoping they are, they can be put back in this game and they can be really big factors for Baltimore. So that's big news for the Ravens and moving forward for the Ravens and moving forward for this Baltimore Ravens team. If we look ahead to Dallas, people are complaining that the NFL is doing whatever Baltimore wants. They moved the game to Tuesday so Lamar Jackson could come back. I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson could have come back for the Dallas game regardless of what ended up happening whether the game was played on Monday or Tuesday. I think Lamar, the only players who are going to be missed for the Dallas Cowboys game at this point are guys like Mark Andrews and Matthew Judon and Willie Sneed. Terrell Bonds tested positive, I think, so he is on IR, so he's not even eligible to play in the game regardless. But those guys, guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick McCarry, Matt Skura, they'll all be back, Clayus Campbell, they'll all be back to play. And that, that was the case, I think, even if the game was played on Monday. So... That's a little bit weird to me, but again, this isn't a, a point of, oh, the Ravens, they're going to get time to get their star players back. This is, the Ravens need some time to prepare for this game. It's going to be interesting to see how they use this. I mean, even, even leading up to Wednesday, what is Baltimore going to do? How are they going to play this football game? I assume it's going to be very run heavy. We'll get into that in the final segment, but there were no other positive tests, I don't believe, other than Terrell Bonds. I can't confirm whether he was a positive or just a close contact because he was placed on the COVID list yesterday. But it seems like Baltimore's coronavirus outbreak is seemingly subsiding and hopefully it continues on that trend. We're going to head into our first break now, but when we get back, we'll be talking about just how Baltimore has fared so far this season in 2020. So stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. And we are back here with our second segment of this Locked on Ravens Taco Tuesday edition episode. Kevin Ostriker is still hanging out with you. And in what might be a little bit tougher than most anticipated during the beginning of the 2020 season, we're going to now go through just how the Ravens have fared so far this season. And again, why I say it's a little bit tougher than most anticipated at the beginning of the year. The Ravens start off 2-0, two very nice wins against the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans. But then it's all kind of just been a little bit worse than I think a lot of people thought this season was going to go. And now 2020, it just seems like the season has had it out for Baltimore, right? Injuries, coronavirus, bad breaks, bad refereeing. And you, you can make all the excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, each team has dealt the cards they're dealt and you have to deal with them. You can't use those as excuses. You have to move forward. And, you know, that's something that I really think is an important thing to think about because all teams have to go through injuries. All teams have bad calls against them. There have been a lot of different instances of coronavirus throughout the NFL this season. Now, none worse than what Baltimore is going through. But I mean, still, 
Baltimore has seemingly struggled on the football field. It really hasn't just been, oh, all these off-the-field things have caused a downfall. It's really been on the field. And so we're going to go through what I think about each of these games that Baltimore has played so far. And just a few things that Baltimore can improve going down the stretch here is they can really only afford what seems like one or two more losses in order to make a push for a playoff spot. So let's start in week one where the Ravens beat the Cleveland Browns 38-6. to Lamar Jackson throws for 275 yards and rushes for 45. And Marquise Brown has 101 receiving yards, his best output of the season, which is both a good and going down the line here, a bad thing. Baltimore just dominated Cleveland, really from the jump, from the first snap. We saw Baltimore pull out a ton of stops here, too. Clayus Campbell was dropping back in coverage. We saw deep shots to people. We saw Baltimore impose their will on the ground game. And Cleveland has been a pretty good team this season. So for Baltimore to go and do that to them, that was a pretty big win for Baltimore early in the season in a game that I had originally picked Baltimore to lose and then flip-flopped on it in the days leading up to the matchup. And the Ravens followed that up with a week two win against the Houston Texans, 33-16 in Houston, where Lamar Jackson passes for 204 yards. Gus Edwards leads this team with 73 yards. And Marquise Brown leads the team with 42 receiving yards. This was a game where the Ravens lose Tavon Young for the year to another injury, his third season ender in five seasons. That's a tough blow, or and it's, and it's been a tough blow for Baltimore. They've had to kind of rotate guys in. They've signed Tremont Williams to try to offset that loss. They moved Marlon Humphrey into the slot and put Anthony Averett outside. Averett was playing well, then Averett goes down, so they move Humphrey back outside. It's just been a rotation at the Ravens' slot corner position for what seems like two years now. And in this game against Houston... The Ravens were able to really slow down Deshaun Watson and this offense. The defense looks like an elite unit, only giving up 16 points. The run defense did really well, and they forced turnovers. The Ravens forced fumbles. This was a game that was really like, all right, Houston, yeah, they're 0-2, but they're a good 0-2 team. And even now, where Houston were one of the worst teams record-wise, and now they've picked it up a bit. So I think that was a big win for Baltimore. But then the Week 3 game against the Kansas City Chiefs, the matchup that I think a lot of people were waiting for in terms of, all right, we're finally going to get the revenge against this Kansas City Chiefs team. Kansas City comes out and just wallops Baltimore in every phase of the game. Offense, defense. The Ravens actually won special teams as Devin DuVernay had a kick return touchdown in this one. But Lamar Jackson only threw for 97 yards. He was the Ravens' leading rusher with 83 yards. And J.K. Dobbins was the leading receiver with 38 yards. So that right there is not a formula for success. Baltimore was beaten on the defensive side of the ball very badly as well. Patrick Queen had to get benched in this one because Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and you know, Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid... We're just picking on him and targeting him. And, and part of that is it's Patrick Queen's third game in the NFL in, in an offseason where there was a very limited offseason. There was no preseason. So, uh, you know, I'll give the Ravens a bit of a pass there. Kansas City is a very, very good team. A lot of continuity there as well. But the Ravens, they proved that they still could not beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And that is a hump they need to get over in order to make it to the Super Bowl. Then in week four, they beat the Washington football team 31-17. to Lamar Jackson had 193 yards passing, 53 yards rushing, and Marquise Brown led the Ravens with 86 yards receiving. This was a game that was, again, a good win for the Ravens. The football team scored a touchdown late in this game, 
And so the score could have been 31 to 10, but this was just an overall dominant win. And then they followed that up going home and playing Cincinnati where they win 27 to 3. Joe Burrow looked absolutely helpless in this game. The Ravens were putting pressure on him, sacking him, forcing him into bad throws. Lamar Jackson, 180 passing yards. Mark Ingram led the team with 57 rushing yards. Marquise Brown led the team with 77 receiving yards. This was a dominant win. Then they go to Philadelphia and almost lose to Philadelphia 30 to 28. They still pull it out though. This game, Baltimore had control of it for a long time and the Ravens ended up just really squandering their opportunities. The defense looked like it gave up. The offense couldn't put the game away. Lamar Jackson had 186 yards passing and 108 yards rushing. And Marquise Brown, again, led this team with 57 receiving yards. So this was a game that was like, okay, that was a little concerning. But, you know, they pulled out a win. They're 5-1. and one. Then the bye week was in week 7 because of the whole coronavirus thing with Tennessee. Then the Ravens play Pittsburgh at home and lose 28-24 to in the game they really should have won. Lamar Jackson had 208 passing yards. J.K. Dobbins had 113 rushing yards. And Willie Sneed had 106 receiving yards. Lamar Jackson threw two very costly interceptions in this game. One on the first drive of the game that was a pick six. And the other on the first drive of the second half, which was... Almost a pick six, but it picked up the Steelers' really, really nice territory going out of their first possession in that second half. That was a game where Baltimore outrushed the Pittsburgh Steelers by a crazy amount and still ended up losing the game. That was one that Baltimore surely wants to have back. Then they go to Indianapolis and put on a nice second half performance. They win 24 to 10. Lamar Jackson had 170 passing yards as well as 58 rushing yards. Nick Boyle led the team with 46 reception yards. The offense sputtered in the first half. The defense really kept them in it. They lose Calais Campbell on the first drive of this game. They have no Marlon Humphrey. They have no LJ Fort. This game was really, really big in terms of Baltimore's overall morale, I think, because if they lose that game, that's a demoralizing way to go out. You know, the offense can't put any points on the board. The defense does enough, but it's not enough because the offense can't score those points. So I'm glad Baltimore ended up winning that game. They moved the six and two there. And then the last two weeks are games that are just, you know, right there for Baltimore, but they just don't play enough good football for a full 60 minutes to win them. They lose 23-17 to to New England. Lamar Jackson, 249 passing yards, 55 rushing yards. Willie Sneed led the team with 64 receiving yards. This game was played in a monsoon, but Baltimore still put up a pretty good fight, although they did miss Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams in this one. And then they lose to Tennessee at home, 30-24 to in overtime in a game they had control of. Again, the offense can't finish. The defense tired out in the fourth quarter in overtime. Lamar Jackson, 186 passing yards. J.K. Dobbins, 70 rushing yards. And Mark Andrews, 96 receiving yards. This was a game that Baltimore should have had. They should have had it. They should have won it. It's a big difference in this day and age to be 7-3 as opposed to 6-4. Baltimore falls to 6-4. So what can they do going forward? I think going forward, it's just a matter, again, of playing good football for 60 minutes. The offense and the defense and even the special teams, the whole roster, has a ton, a ton, a ton of talent. But again, there are a ton of teams vying for the wild card spots in the AFC right now. I think it's very hard for Baltimore to win the AFC North at this point. I think they can even be eliminated from contention with a loss to Pittsburgh tomorrow. So we'll see what ends up going on and and happening there. But for Baltimore, this is going to be tough because they're probably going to lose to the Steelers tomorrow. That, you know, I don't want to be this guy who says, yeah, it's a given. Because it's not. Baltimore could surely put up a fight, and I expect them to put up a nice fight. But the way the talent gaps are right now on offense and defense with who the Ravens have and don't have, 
yeah, it's going to be a little tough for Baltimore to win that game. So they fall to six and five. I think they can win out though. The one game that might be a little bit concerning is Cleveland. That's a game they could easily lose. But I do think that Baltimore has the talent to win out, and that would secure them a playoff spot, in my opinion, if they finish the year 11-5. and five, Even 10-6 and six is probably good enough to get a playoff spot if they do lose to Pittsburgh and Cleveland or Pittsburgh in another team because it is an every-week league. But Baltimore, they've shown in their games outside of Kansas City, the losses at least, that those are games that are winnable. If one or two plays bounce the Ravens' way, if one call goes the different way, the Ravens are in these games. They just need to finish them. And if they can do that, if they can be better in the red zone, the Ravens left a ton of points on the board in the red zone against Tennessee. They win if they score a touchdown on one of their three field goal possessions. So, you know, it's the difference between that and something else that gives the Ravens a win or a loss. So going forward, Baltimore, I think, is in good position, although they do have to play better on both sides of the ball in order to make their playoff dreams come true this season. We're going to head into our final break now, but when we get back, we'll be talking about a mini-game preview once again of this Ravens and Steelers matchup, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Go every day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, so be sure to go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And we are back with our final segment of this Locked On Ravens Taco Tuesday episode. Kevin Ostrich, your host, still hanging out with you here. And we just got into Ravens coronavirus updates from Monday, as well as how the Ravens have fared so far this season. But now I do want to get into another mini preview of this Ravens and Steelers matchup. And you might be saying, well, you did this yesterday, so what's the big deal? I want to do it again because there are some people the Ravens are going to be getting back in this matchup. I kind of touched upon it in the first segment. The Ravens were able to activate Jalen Ferguson, DJ Fluker, and Broderick Washington for this game against Pittsburgh, as well as getting back Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, assuming they do not have the coronavirus when all is said and done and the tests come in for them ahead of this game against the Steelers. So those are five guys who actually make a pretty big impact in this game, all things considered. No, the Ravens will not have Lamar Jackson. They will not have Mark Andrews, nor really Sneed or Calais Cam. Campbell or Matthew Judon or Patrick McCarry or a bunch of other guys, but the five that I just listed in Ingram, Dobbins, Fluker, Ferguson, and Washington will all have pretty big impacts. And again, knock on wood that J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are healthy and are able to come off of the COVID list to play in this game, but hopefully those guys will be able to. Now, I'll start off with those two in Ingram and Dobbins because I think their impacts are going to be massive. Baltimore was pretty set, it seemed like, to run out a running back duo of both Gus Edwards and Justice Hill with maybe some Tyson Williams mixed in there from the practice squad. But now with getting Ingram and Dobbins back, Dobbins is somebody who the Ravens really, really like and really, really want to incorporate in the offense if recent weeks of his production and his usage have not been clear indicators of that. Dobbins was really the lone back against Tennessee to get meaningful snaps. Gus Edwards got a few here and there. Mark Ingram got a few here or there. And that's not necessarily what the game flow is going to be for the rest of the season. The Ravens coaching staff made that pretty clear as like, look, we're going to use these guys in a rotation still. That was just the game flow against Tennessee was J.K. Dobbins was really performing well. 
Now, Dobbins brings a unique blend of strength, power, elusiveness, balance, and agility, which a lot of running backs don't really have. Now, getting Ingram back isn't as big of a deal, it seems like, right now, based off of how Ingram has been playing. But his pass-blocking ability, his ability to catch out of the backfield, are two things that Baltimore really, really likes. And I really, really like because it gives them a veteran presence. Now, Edwards carried the load for Baltimore in Week 17 of 2019 when Lamar Jackson was out and when Mark Ingram was out with injury there. Lamar Jackson was resting, just to make that clear. But for Baltimore, having those four guys is always going to be a luxury because it gives the ability for guys to rest and stay fresh. And the way Pittsburgh Steelers fans are talking, it seems like they are deathly afraid of what J.K. Dobbins brings to the table. Dobbins was a potential draft pick of the Steelers in the 2020 draft. They ended up drafting Chase Claypool instead, and that's worked out pretty well for them. Claypool has been very good for them in 2020. But Dobbins is somebody who I think could be the future of this running back room, and his impact, his impact is going to be huge in this game. And Mark Ingram as well, just because, again, At this point, you know, the most obvious thing is like, look, they're healthy bodies. Baltimore doesn't have a lot of them right now. They still can't field a 53-man roster, I don't believe, even if they called up their entire practice squad. So it would be nice to end up having them back. And to have a guy like Dobbins come back, it seemed like he was just getting into his groove. It seemed like the Ravens were finally starting to pick up. All right, this guy is pretty good and we should utilize him a little more. So hopefully Dobbins will be able to get back to how he was performing over the last couple weeks because he had been really a game changer for Baltimore. Someone who I think is going to have a big impact down the stretch. Him and Gus Edwards, I will firmly stand by this will be the future of the running back room for Baltimore moving forward. But next, talking about Broderick Washington, DJ Fluker, and Jalen Ferguson, the Ravens were super, super thin. At they're, they're thin in a bunch of positions, but three of the positions were offensive line, defensive line, and edge, outside linebacker. The Ravens get those three guys back. We'll start with DJ Fluker. The Ravens were probably going to have to roll out an offensive line combination with not, not a lot of continuity. Guys maybe shifting places here. But now with Fluker coming back, you can give him the right tackle job. I don't think the Ravens want to start Tyree Phillips at right guard or right tackle right now. I think they want to maybe give him another week. And that's not necessarily saying he's not going to be active, but I don't think they're going to rush him into action. So now I think the Ravens' offensive line combination will probably look something like Rolando Brown at left tackle, Bradley Bozeman at left guard, Tristan Colon-Castillo at center, Ben Powers at right guard, and DJ Fluker at right tackle. That's actually not a horrible situation for Baltimore to be in. Really, the only quote-unquote starter that's not in there is either Matt Skura or Patrick McCarry at the center position. So Baltimore is pretty much working with their full starting offensive line. Will Holden played pretty well, but he unfortunately will not be able to play in this game. So it's going to be Fluker's time, and Fluker has struggled at points. He's looked good in other points, but it seems like he's mostly struggled. You know, when you put the good against the bad, it seems like he's had a rough go of things. He's somebody who was a mauler in the run game, but really struggles with speed rushers, can't get his feet around quick enough. So we'll see how he ends up holding up. But again, a nice, healthy body to have for Baltimore. Next, we'll talk about Broderick Washington, who hasn't shown a lot in his rookie season. That isn't necessarily because he's been bad, but just not as many opportunities as guys like Justin Matabike or other guys on the roster. He'll be relied upon a big, big amount in this game. He'll get a lot of reps, probably almost 100% of snaps, if not, you know, 90 or 80 it'll be pretty close up there in the 80 to 100% range. The Ravens are right now working with a defensive line rotation that is literally Derek Wolf, 
Justin Ellis, now Broderick Washington, and Aaron Crawford, who was on the practice squad. So that's a four-man defensive line rotation. Those guys are going to have to play a lot. And we'll see what Broderick Washington is made of here. Pittsburgh's offensive line is nothing to scoff at, so this will be a big test for the rookie. And then finally, Jalen Ferguson. It's looking like the Ravens will be without Matthew Judon, Jihad Ward, and Pernell McPhee in this game. So getting back Ferguson allows them to have Niani Kingakwe, Tyus Bowser, and now Ferguson, an outside linebacker. Ferguson can also kick in and play some defensive end, which I think is going to be utilized a lot for Baltimore in this game. They're going to have to put people at positions they might not play as much. So that'll be interesting to see for the Ravens. But I think Ferguson and his ability to both be a bull rusher off the edge, as well as he set the edge to a degree. Ferguson has been a little disappointing this year in terms of his ability to set the edge. It seems like he gets fooled a bit. But for the most part, you know, outside of a few bad games, he has had a couple nice plays for the Ravens this season, a nice sack on Deshaun Watson in week two, and a few others. So I think that Ferguson's addition will be welcome by the Baltimore Ravens. So with those five guys, again, it kind of changes the landscape of this game. Does Baltimore win it? I'm still probably not predicting Baltimore to win. But at the end of the day, I do think the Ravens are going to have a fighter's chance to pull this one out. They will never give up. They will never give in. And this is a team that, look, if you're looking for an improbable win, this team will give you one every once in a while. And hopefully it's going to be on Wednesday. That's all that I have for you today. When we get back here tomorrow, Cole Jackson will be joining the show to get into our official game preview of Ravens and Steelers. So stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.